want us to just take a moment and thank our evangelists for being with us these past three weeks by a hand clap of appreciation. And his precious family, Sister Jessica, Micah, Benjamin, David. I appreciate the ministry of Brother Campatella and him being willing to block out. It's no small thing for them to block out three whole weeks. They don't do that everywhere. And we love them very, very much. How many are going to preach with him this morning? We're not going to make him struggle to get us on the same page. If your heart's open and your mind is ready for the word, why don't you just lift your hands and thank the Lord for his word. Brother Campatella, come preach to us this morning. We love you. There's an old song. It says, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, so bless me now, my Savior, I up day flat if you know it sing it oh I need thee oh I need thee would you lift your hands and say it to the Lord every hour Jesus I need thee so Bless me now, bless me now, my Savior. I come, come to, come to Thee. Hallelujah, Jesus, we bless Your mighty name. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We acknowledge that you're in this room with us, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Woo. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I feel such a wonderful touch of God. I am excited about what God is going to do this morning. It is God's will that everyone be filled, renewed, blessed, strengthened, and leave here charged and revived and directed, empowered. That's God's will. And God's going to do it today in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. I give honor to Pastor and Sister French. We have gone to the level of prestige in our ministry that we were invited to their house last evening. And we had some barbacoa beef, which is some of the best stuff you ever put in your mouth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And just enjoyed phenomenal fellowship. Uh, we were coming here on the way here. My wife and I were looking at the signs on the street. 
and Talmadge is everywhere. I mean, has there ever been a greater confirmation that this family is supposed to be in a certain place? It's wonderful. God prepared the whole thing. And we just are so very thankful. This, this revival for us every year, I, I do not say this as something to be said. I say it because it is absolutely our hearts. This revival every year is the highlight for us. It is the highlight for us. We preach all over the country. We preach in sometimes much larger churches, sometimes much smaller churches. But I will tell you, on every level, this, this revival is an absolute highlight in our ministry. We love this church. And I want to be a blessing to you today. I want to be a blessing. I have sought the Lord and God has spoken to me. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. The Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come... They were all with one accord in one place. They were ready for what was about to happen. Slap your neighbor on the shoulder and say they were ready for what was about to happen. Some of you have been wanting to hit that person for a long time and you just got your chance. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. Everybody say, that would include you. Look at your neighbor, slap him on the shoulder, say, that would include you. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 2, this scripture has been burning in my spirit. Paul is quoting from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 49. He said, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. Everybody say, a time accepted. And in the day of salvation... I have secured or helped thee. And then Paul gives his own take on this prophecy. He said, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I want to preach to you for a few minutes this morning on this topic. Today is your day. Today is your day. Would you put your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord, and let's ask God to do exactly what he wants to do in this place. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of the Word of God, and by the power of the name Jesus, I bind every spirit that is contrary to the work of the Lord, and I loose the angels of God in this place this morning. I pray that the gift of faith would have the impact upon us that you want it to have. Loose my tongue to speak according to your will. Let every heart be good ground for the word of God. And let the reality that today is our day come upon us in a mighty way. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. And everybody said in Jesus name. Would you clap your hands one more time before we're seated. And let's shout some praise unto the Lord. Would you fill your lungs with air and shout praise unto God. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.
I will bless the Lord at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. Woo! Hallelujah! Praise the living God. Give three people a high five before you're seated. Say, you look great. But say, I hope you ain't too cute to clap. Tell them, I hope you ain't too pretty to praise him. There can be no doubt that our God is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he works on his schedule. He does not seem to yield to our preferences. He does not seem to give much thought for what is convenient or inconvenient in our minds. There is a time frame, a time of reference that God uses to work on the earth. And I believe there is a time frame and a time reference that he uses to work in every individual life. I have seen in my life God do things with me in cycles of time. He visits me every fall. He is he is in a uh, brought me to a stage now where he is visiting me on a very peculiar and particular level. And he does it every fall. And it's because I received the Holy Ghost in the fall and it's special to him and it's special to me. But he doesn't visit me like this all year long. And you see this in the scripture. God, uh, Jesus, God in the flesh, lifted up his voice over Jerusalem and he said, Oh, Jerusalem. He cried in sorrow for Jerusalem and said, If you would have only known the time of your visitation. This is the time that God set aside for you. And you were not sensitive enough, hungry enough, bold enough to get it. This is a sad story that is repeated in the scripture. You see, when the children of Israel came to the Jordan, they were commanded to cross over and to take Jericho. And that generation said, the obstacles are too great. The giants are too big. We have no power. We have no ability to stand before our enemy and God said okay because you missed your moment all of you are going to die in the wilderness you're going to wander for 40 years in that wilderness and a new generation rose up and when that new generation rose up and they got to the Jordan they said we can do it we're going to take it right now no matter what happens we're crossing over because we understand we don't want to wait another 40 years for God's blessing and you see this in the scripture the Bible says that in the book of Acts chapter 2 the group of people that sought uh, after God, they went up to this upper room and they waited. They tarried according to the commandment. Everybody say they tarried. That means they waited. They were, they were waiting on the promise of God. God said to them, go into Jerusalem and tarry for the promise of the Father which you will receive. You're going to be endued with power from on high. John baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days since. I want you to notice that the Lord did not give them an exact time frame. He just said, go wait until it happens. 
And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the time that God had in his mind from the beginning came into pass. It came to the right time. And the Bible says that the people that were sitting there waiting, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost came upon them. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. That would startle everybody. Fire shooting out of people's heads. And the wind started blowing and everybody got filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Because they were at the right place at the right time and they knew it was their time and they acted upon it. I have seen in our life, my wife and I have had some pretty astounding moments in our neighborhood. When I moved into my neighborhood, I bought a house. It was a piece of junk and uh, God gave it to me. It, it was, uh, uh, I got it way cheaper than what you would have bought it brand new, that's for sure. And I fixed it up and it became a nice little house to live in and I began to do Bible studies in my neighborhood, and my neighbor, right after I moved in, a, a month later, my neighbor moved in, and I met him, and I was uh, talking to him one day, and he said, uh, Joey, I, I prayed to the Lord that God would sit me next to somebody, that I would be neighbors with somebody that knew him. And I said, well, God has answered your prayer because I know him. You need to come to church with me, come up to an altar, get filled with the Holy Ghost, get baptized in Jesus' name, and he did. He got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and got baptized in Jesus' name, my next-door neighbor. Now, he didn't stay. He didn't really like uh, God telling him what to do with his life. And so he just came and got the Holy Ghost and, and left. And there's people like that. The Bible says they hear the word, but the thorns come up, and it chokes out what God would like to do in their life. But there was other stories in this neighborhood. I saw the timing of God enacted. I saw... Uh, right across the street from us, directly across the street, was, was Gil. Gil, uh, when we moved out, he was 90, I believe, 97 years old. And I worked for year after year. I had lived there for 11 years. And from the moment I got there, I met Gil. Gil was old from the time I knew him till the time I left. And he was retired. He was retired military. And I did everything I could to reach Gil because he was not healthy. And I knew he did not have a lot of time left on earth. But I knew in my mind God had sent me to this neighborhood for this purpose. And do you know the chances of meeting someone with the truth we have are about 1 in 350? It's not an accident that a person with this revelation sits next to somebody else. You're there on purpose. And I began to work with Gil. And every time I would bring up Jesus to Gil, this hurt would come upon him. This pain would come inside of him. And he, he said, well, I, I don't understand why God allowed these bad things to happen in my life. I lost this family member. And this happened. And this was the disaster. And it, if God's really there, why did he allow this to happen? I said, Gil, you've got to give that to God. We, some questions are not going to be answered in this life. You've got to say, Lord, I trust you, even though I don't understand it. I worked with him for years. I would go over to his house. And I, 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 I would work in his lawn and I put a mailbox in for him and I fixed his lawnmower and I moved furniture and he every time I tried to bring up Jesus my wife brought up Jesus my son David actually went over to Gil's house and and invited him to church we did everything we could to invite this man to church to get him in a Bible study he refused every time and when we moved from our house Gil died it was as if God set an opening in time for him to repent and get a hold of God. And he held on to his bitterness. He held on to this misunderstanding and would not trust the Lord. And he missed his time with God.
But right across the street, we met a lady named Linda. And Linda, when I moved into my house, I met Linda. I was out walking about 6.30 in the morning. We had this cool nature trail. And I would walk and pray in the mornings. This was before I was married. And Linda had her two beagles. And she was walking on this trail, beautiful morning fog. And we didn't really see each other. And all of a sudden, she comes out of the woods, and I come out of the woods. And when she saw me, she looked like she got braced for a fight. I'm like, okay, what's about to happen? And I said, hey, I'm Joe Campitella. Good to meet you. And she started talking. She was very nervous. She didn't really like me meeting her on her walking trail. But I met her, and I invited her to a Bible study. And I really couldn't make any headway with Linda. Well, then I got married to Jessica. And when I married Jessica, that's when everything kind of opened up in evangelism. And I, I had tried maybe 40 or 50 times to get Linda in a Bible study. And Jessica just walks up to her once and says, hey, we, we want to do evening Bible studies. You want to be a part? And Linda's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll bring food. <laughs> Made me so jealous. And we begin to work with Linda. And Linda, you must understand something about Linda. Linda was a fierce woman. She was in her 70s. And she had lived alone for a very long time, but she was a scuba diver. She had a very strong will, strong personality. She was a spear fisherman in her 70s. Did I mention she was in her 70s? And she, uh, she talked about petting sharks, and, and, and she talked about these things that she did. We were blown away by Linda. Linda single-handedly shut down the drug trade in our neighborhood. We lived in a rough neighborhood. At the end of the neighborhood, there were always cars coming and going. They would park there, five or six cars at a time. And Linda walked up behind our neighborhood uh, uh, drug dealer's house, and, and she climbed up the fence and said she saw him dealing drugs behind her fence. And she said to this guy, if you keep dealing drugs, I'm calling the cops. And the dude said, if you call the cops, I will kill you, woman. And Linda pulled back her jacket and said, oh, no, you won't. 45 ACP right here, baby. She was packing heat. It scared this dude so bad, he, I never saw cars parked at that house again. This was Linda. Linda said she saw some kids kissing at night on the street in our neighborhood. And she walked up to them and scared the living daylights out of them, grabbed the girl, dragged her back to her house, called their parents. She was the neighborhood watchdog. You understand what I'm saying? So needless to say, when we were doing Bible studies with Linda, I was very tactful about what I said. I didn't want to offend Linda. And we started talking about how there is only one God. There are not three persons. There is only one single God. Many manifestations, but one single God. God. He's got one name. He's got many manifestations, many titles, but there's one God with one name. And I explained to Linda, I said, Linda, I am one person, but I have many titles that I fulfill as a human being. I am a husband and I am a father and I am a preacher. As a preacher, I preach to the people. But when I go home, I withdraw from the title preacher and I step into the title husband because I do not dare preach to my wife. And when I'm with my boys, I step into the title father. I withdraw from the title preacher. Sometimes my boys need a little discipline and a little pow-pow, and so we give them a pow-pow. I do not pow-pow the saints when I'm preaching, nor do I dare pow-pow my wife. 
I have to step out of one title to fulfill the office of another. But you see, God cannot step away from anything to go anywhere else. He is omnipresent. He fills all space. He has no place where he does not exist. He cannot withdraw from the title Father to operate in the title Son. He cannot withdraw from the title Son to operate as the title Holy Ghost. It's all one God. He can be in China and in Georgia all at the same time. Doesn't require two different persons. He can be speaking to ten different people all at the same time. Doesn't require ten different voices. There's only one God, one God, one God, and his name is Jesus. And Linda blew our minds. When I said this to Linda, Linda said, I know. Like, really? She said, yes, I saw this. I realized you do not have to split your time between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost when you pray. If you say Jesus, you're talking to the Father. You say Jesus, you're talking to the Son. If you say Jesus, you're talking to the Holy Ghost. You're talking to the Alpha. You're talking to the Omega. You're talking to the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You're talking to the Creator, the Son. You're talking to the Redeeming Savior. You're talking to the Good Shepherd. You're talking to Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Ropha. You're talking to the Great I Am. You're talking to the one God whose name is Jesus. And this blew our minds because many people do not exist in this revelation. And so we went further. We began to explain how you must be baptized. The Bible commands us to be baptized. It is not an option. It is not simply a public declaration of your faith. It is a commandment by God. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 to his apostles, Go you therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This is what he said. He commanded them to teach it. In Acts chapter 10, the apostle Peter commanded those Italians to get baptized in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 2, Peter said, if you want to be saved, you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission or the putting away of your sins. It is not optional. Paul told us that baptism is New Testament circumcision. Just as Abraham was circumcised by God's commandment in the Old Testament, we must be circumcised to enter into the covenant of the New Testament. But it is not a physical circumcision. Paul said it is a circumcision made without hands. When you get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God circumcises your heart and you enter into the covenant. It is not optional. It is not optional. You must be baptized in Jesus' name to enter into the covenant. And we, this is God's sovereignty again. We do not get to choose what we say. The Bible tells us what to say when we are baptized. If you look at Matthew 28, 19, I was explaining this to Linda. I said, Linda, Matthew 28, 19 literally says, Go you therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And people will recite this commandment. They will repeat this commandment instead of obeying this commandment. If I said, please go put the name of the pastor who has the purple tie Sitting on the platform on the church sign, would you go out there and put pastor with the purple tie sitting on the platform? 
No, you understand, I'm not asking you to repeat my definition of him. I'm asking you to obey by using the name of the one I was mentioning. When Jesus said, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Peter understood what the name of the Father was because he baptized in Jesus' name. Paul understood what the name of the Son and the Holy Ghost was because the only way he baptized was in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 19, Paul met some disciples and they were baptized with a previous baptism. He said, you need to get rebaptized. Your other baptism, it was a declaration of faith. You did good. But there's another revelation. You must be baptized into Christ. And they were rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I said this to Linda. And I said, Linda, what do you think about this? And Linda said, I know. She said, I got this revelation years ago. I was reading about this, and I realized tidal baptism does not exist in the Bible. Hear what I'm saying right now. Tidal baptism does not exist in the Bible. If you were baptized in titles, you were baptized in a way that does not exist in the Bible. I am not comfortable with that level of Christianity. I want to find myself in the Bible. I don't want to find myself in some religious tradition. I don't want to find myself in some dogma that somebody created. I want to find myself in the Bible. They baptized in Jesus' name in the book of Acts, and I was baptized in Jesus' name. They received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, and I have received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Well, clap your hands if you're thankful for this revelation. Why don't you shout unto the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Linda got it, and she said she was, she was actually Presbyterian. She was very involved with the church. They did a food pantry. They did outreach. They did all these things. She was a, a very aggressive, very involved in, involved in her church, and she called her pastor and said, Pastor, I realized through reading the New Testament that nobody was ever baptized in titles. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. And her pastor said, okay, I'll rebaptize you in Jesus' name. She got rebaptized in Jesus' name. Then we went to the Holy Ghost with Linda. We started talking about this Pentecostal experience. What happened on the day of Pentecost? I said, Linda, it's one thing to feel Jesus around you. Many people have felt the presence of the Lord, and it is glorious. It is majestic. It is holy. It's one thing to feel his presence. How many of you felt the presence of God when these wonderful people were leading us in worship? Oh, sweet mercy. If you didn't feel it, You need to check yourself, turn your buttons on, do something. You can feel him, but there is a difference between feeling God and having God step inside of your body. There is a vast difference. And I said to Linda, I said, Linda, there are many good people that have been taught to simply say, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I confess with my Mouth, I'm a sinner, and I accept the Lord Jesus into my heart as my personal Savior. And they were told you are saved. 
I tell you again, that is not in the Bible. To accept the Lord Jesus Christ and you are saved, it does not exist in the Bible. And I said, Linda, every time someone received the Holy Ghost, the Bible calls it being baptized with the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, not just feeling God, not just being the disciple. You have been filled with the baptism of the Spirit. Every time that happened, Acts chapter 2, when they got the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. Complete gibberish came out of their mouth. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, there was always the outward, visible, audible sign of speaking in other tongues. And I could tell Linda did not like what I was saying. She folded her arms. She started looking at me, and I thought, you know what? She has a 45 ACP, Joe. Calm it down. I said, Linda. To know for sure you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. you got to get it like they did in the Bible. You're going to speak with other tongues. And Linda said, well, what you're telling me is I have not received the Spirit, and I believe I have. When I go on my morning walk several times, the Lord has walked with me, and I have felt his presence, and it has overcome. One time I fell down on my knees, and I began to cry because the presence of Jesus came all over me. And I said, Linda, I am not doubting that one single bit. I do not doubt your walk with God. I'm just telling you what the Bible teaches us. Everybody that got filled spoke in tongues. If I was you, I would be aggressive enough to say, hey, how come I don't have it like they had it? Instead, many people with pride will say, well, I'm good to go. That's not going to get you anywhere with the Lord. And Linda said, well, I'm going to pray about it. And we shut it down right there. I realized I was in hot water if I continued. So I said, listen, let's just pray. If you, I want you to pray and ask God. If it's real, I want it. And, and we invited her to church. And during these Bible studies, Linda began to have some pain in her abdomen, in her belly. She began to experience some discomfort. And the doctors diagnosed her with colitis. And we prayed for her. And she tried juicing. She tried these different things. And she would have relief sometimes. And other times she would just be in pain when we were at the Bible study. And she would always bring us wonderful food at our Bible study. And we kept praying. And we noticed Linda was losing weight in her body. And, and just seemed like she was not feeling good. She was not herself. And my wife and I kept trying to get her to church. And finally, we were at home preaching a revival at our home church. And my wife went to Linda and said, Linda, Joey is preaching Thursday night at the church. You should come and let the Lord touch you. And Linda, just her way of doing things, I think she said something like, well, if I can make it, I will. Just real strong. And so we didn't know if she was coming or not. But lo and behold, Linda came on that Thursday night, and she sat on the front row which you got to be bold to sit on the front row in your first time in a Pentecostal church. <laughs> Second row is a little bit better. Back row, you can, you can escape quickly if things get a little too crazy. Nobody's going to see anything. But you sit on the front row, everybody knows you're there, and I'm watching. I can spit on you, you know, when I'm preaching. And so she's there, and I just happened to be preaching on the Holy Ghost. And at the end of the service, people came up. They began to speak in tongues. The Holy Ghost came inside of them. People were receiving the Spirit. And we saw Linda with her eyes closed and tears running down her face. And 
Man, I was like a shark who smelled blood in the water. I was over to Linda. My hand was on her head, and I was saying, Linda, the Holy Ghost is on you. You're about to receive the Spirit. And she, when I laid hands on her, she said hallelujah a few more times, and she shut down. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know what just happened. So I left her, went to other people after church. My wife and I went up to her, and we said, Linda, you were so close. You just keep praising God. She said, let me tell you what happened. She said, before you ever came to me, I lifted my hands, and I began to say, Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. And she said, when I said hallelujah, another language I have never spoke came out of my mouth, and the Holy Ghost came inside of me. She said, Joey, I got the Holy Ghost just like you did. I spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I got the Holy Ghost just like you did it's real it's real it's real it's real we did not know that was the last time Linda would ever step foot in public she went to the hospital but as far as going out in public that was it the doctors diagnosed her with cancer all through her body Gave her several treatments they thought might help. Nothing helped. Just a few weeks later, we were at Linda's bedside, and we are singing praises to God and quoting scripture, and we are speaking in tongues together, and the presence of God is in the house because Linda recognized it was her day. She recognized. Do you realize if she did not come to church that night, she might have never been able to come again. I was preaching for Pastor Aaron Soto a few months ago. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Preaching for him. The, the, the services were very powerful. The Holy Ghost had fallen. There was a lady that came. She sat in the middle section. And I had been praying the night before. I said, God, I have seen so many miracles. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen blinded eyes open, deaf ears open. I've never seen something physically altered in front of my face. I said, like a tumor disappearing. I've never literally seen a tumor disappear. I said that the night before. And the next day, there was a lady in the middle section, and she had white pants. She was a new lady in church. She had white pants, and they were very large. So she could pull them up over that tumor. They were several sizes too big for her waist. She had just covered that tumor. And she, when the Holy Ghost began to fall, this lady sent another lady, I guess she sent emissaries, to me. And they began to pat me on the shoulder and say, she has a tumor. She wants to be healed. And I said, all right, I'll be right with her. I was praying for other people. And obviously I took too long because after a few seconds I felt the pat on my shoulder again. And this one particular lady was highly aggressive. She grabbed me by my arm and said, come with me. Just come with me. Come with me. And pulled me back. Thank you, sir. You did great. Pulled me back to the, to the lady with the tumor. And I remember walking up to her, and she looked at me, and I said, what would you like me to pray for? And she said, I have a tumor. And she said, the doctors are giving me very bad reports of this tumor. And we prayed a very simple prayer over this lady whose tumor was sticking out of her belly. And just about 10 seconds later, that tumor disappeared off of her body. It disappeared off of her body. 
She, she, she went ballistic. I'm telling you the truth. The whole church went ballistic, but that lady took it to a new level. She went absolutely insane. She, her pants began to fall because the tumor was no longer there to hold them up. And she began to flail. She fell back in the seat. I think she hit a few people, and she began to scream, Thank you, Jesus! And then she got really honest. She got really honest. She said, I can't believe it! And she looked down again, and she said, It's God! Thank you, Jesus! That is what my God can do. That is what my God can do. That is what my God can do. That is what Jesus can do. Shalabahataya. This lady knew it was her time. She wouldn't let me off the hook. She knew it was her time. It is my time. You get over here and pray for me right now. And in that church, there was another lady that came up. Now, I'm going to make an altar call in just a few minutes. Everybody's going to come up. If you want the Holy Ghost, you're going to get it today. My whole job is to get you out of your seat up here, okay? Just letting you know ahead of time. This person, this lady, this precious lady came up. And man, I think she might have been the first person to receive the Holy Ghost. When I spoke the word of faith, she lifted her hands. The Holy Ghost came inside of her. She started speaking in tongues loudly and literally fell onto the ground, rolling. She became a holy roller instantly. I don't know what she was before, but she was a holy roller instantaneously. And she began to speak in tongues and speak in tongues. And then we asked everybody, we said, if you have been baptized in titles and you want to get baptized in the name of Jesus, just like they did in the Bible. I said, come on up here. And this lady got up off the ground. They escorted her to the baptismal tank, and she got the Holy Ghost all over again in the water. She went down in Jesus' name and came up out of that water. I got a call from one of the pastors at the church, and they said, do you remember? No. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. The next day, I was eating with one of the pastors. And he said, do you remember that lady that fell on the floor speaking in tongues? She got baptized. I said, yeah, how can I forget her? He said, she was murdered yesterday. She was shot, I think, five times. Let me tell you something. When God pulls on your heart, you better move. I've, I've never seen something that dramatic in my life. I, and she got the Holy Ghost so powerfully, and the next day, she is no longer dancing on the floor and rolling on the floor. She's dancing on streets of gold <laughs> because she knew it was her day. <laughs> she knew it was her day. 
She knew it was her day. Let me tell you something. I know there are people here. God, it seems like he's reaching his hand into your soul and he's pulling on you. You know you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. You know you were baptized in titles. And God's saying, why not? What have you got to lose? You can feel it. You know you've never received the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. And God is speaking to you. You have nothing to lose, everything to gain. I want you to know today is your day. If you've got the hunger, if you've got the aggression, if you've got the desire to get out from where you are to say, Jesus, I'm ready right now. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift your voice right now. I want you to begin to praise the Lord with all of your might. I want your voice out. If you're an experienced praiser, if you're an experienced prayer warrior, let your voice out in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, that we've heard your voice. We will move when you say move. If you've got the Holy Ghost, talk in tongues for a moment. Just pray in the Spirit. Let the Spirit pray through you. Why don't you close your eyes and let the Spirit of God pray through you. If you're physically able, I want you to stand. I want you to stand to your feet. Jessica, have I ever preached this in my life? Have I ever said that before? I feel an urgency in my spirit today for somebody. I want you to turn to four people. Somebody in front of you, behind you, left and right. I want you to ask them this question. Have you ever received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Ask them. Even if you already know the answer, just pat them on the shoulder. If they've got a mean look or whatever, just interrupt them. Don't lie. God have mercy. Don't lie in the house of God. Hallelujah. If they said, yes, I've got it, tell them, look them in the eye and just tell them, you're about to get it again. Aha. Uh -huh. If they said, no, I've never received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, look at them and say, today is your day.
Now here's where it all comes down to. I want you to ask that person, if they said, no, I've never received it speaking in tongues, I want you to ask, ask that person, would you come up to the front with me now so God can fill you with the Spirit and just say, come. Whomsoever will, come. Whomsoever will, come. Ha-ha. It's already happening right now. Ha-ha. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this crowd of people. Look how brave they are. Look how bold they are. Ha-ha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church family, why don't you get out of your pew and let's make it a family affair. Let's gather around these wonderful, courageous, bold people. Hallelujah. 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 Let's thank the Lord while people are moving. Just close your eyes and let's, with our voices, let's praise him and thank him. Thank you, God, for hungry people. For it is written, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want you to hear me, if you will. If you're a prayer warrior, altar worker, or you just have faith, you have desire to be used of God, you've already got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, I want you to get with one of these people that have come up, stand in front of them. You're about to help them pray. You're going to help them pray. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Praise the living God. Now, before you pray with them, I want to give you some very simple. Everybody say simple. These are, these are simple, childlike instructions. God responds to faith. And you came up here. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is action. You came up here. You have faith. You wouldn't come up here if you didn't have faith. You came up here. God's going to respond to you. He responds to body language. Everybody say body language. This is why it's almost instinctive. It's something almost in our spiritual DNA when we pray. I want you to try that. Lift your hands as high as you can get them in the air. Just lift them up, both of them, as high as you can get them. You can put your hands down. Why do we do that? Because it's a sign of surrender to God. We are on the earth. Jesus said, when you pray, pray after this manner, our Father which art in heaven. What are you doing? You're putting God in his proper place and you're reminding yourself where you are. We got to reach up to him. When my sons reach up to me, I realize they want me to pick them up. They don't even have to say, Daddy, pick me up. They just reach up. Daddy cannot help himself. I've got to pick him up. And when you raise your hand to Jesus, he's going to pick you up, and he's never going to put you down. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next thing I want to tell you is when you lift your hands to pray. Now, I want to tell you just for the sake of telling you, some of you guys, y'all look really cool. You can't be too cool to raise them hands all the way. Ladies, you look real pretty. You can't be too pretty to raise them hands all the way. If you're worried about how you look, Jesus will let you stay right there. When you lift your hands to pray, the devil will begin to fight your mind. He will try to make you aware of the people around you. What do I look like? What do I sound like? 
He will try to remind you of your past that causes you to be unworthy of the Holy Ghost. He will try to say, it's not for you. It's for other people. You don't have what it takes. All that is a bunch of lies. And it's called condemnation. Everybody say condemnation. Condemnation means you feel condemned. You feel disqualified. You feel unworthy. And when people feel these things, their head goes down. Okay? And when your head goes down, your faith goes down. Because you have deemed yourself unworthy to receive something from God. The way to destroy this attack of the enemy is when you pray, lift up your head. It's so simple. The Bible tells us twice, lift up your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. Another place it says when you see these things become to, begin to come to pass, when you know your redemption is nigh, look up. Lift up your head. Okay? I want us to practice. I want you to raise your hands and raise, close your eyes and lift your head. To show your face to the Lord. That's it. You can put them down. I'm going to ask Pastor French to come. He is going to lead us in a prayer of repentance. Every single person in this room, I want us to repent of our sins. To repent means you are asking God for forgiveness. Do not name your sins. Do not name your sins. But you do need to speak with your mouth. Everybody say, with your mouth. You do need to speak with your mouth and say things like, God, I am a sinner. God, I need you. God, I repent. You must use your voice. Do not just do it in your mind. Use your voice. The Bible says confess with your mouth, Romans chapter 10. Confess with your mouth, okay? So it's very important. Those of you that are very experienced in prayer, I want you to lift your hands and pray loudly and repent. Pastor French, please come and lead us. Every hand lifted, every eye closed, every head raised. Let's repent of our sins right now. Pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, we come in repentance in the name of Jesus. We lay every sin, every trouble, Lord, every doubt, Lord. We come in the blood of Jesus Christ. We come with faith, oh God, that you hear our prayer. Lord, we're leaving. We're walking away from our past. And we're pushing ahead by faith, oh God. Lord, let the blood of Jesus cleanse us. Let our hearts reach out, oh God. We're hungry for you and we trust you and believe you Lord we leave our sins at this altar we leave our hearts here Lord by faith Lord to be obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ Lord let our hearts cry out Lord hear our prayer and let our faith be lifted we pray in the precious name of Jesus now let's thank the Lord that he heard our prayer somebody say thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the power of forgiveness, for the miracle of being able to repent and be forgiven by God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the living God. The next thing I'm going to ask you to do is I want you to praise the Lord with the loudest voice you have ever used in your life. I want you to shout praise to God. Fill your lungs with air and shout. The most powerful 
high praise we can give out of our mouth is something called hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you praise God. And in a nutshell, it means everything I am, I give to you in praise. Okay? I want you to shout hallelujah. I mean shout it. Don't hold back. Because you shouting with your voice releases your emotions to God. You've got to make a decision right now. You came up, and you've got to make a decision who's going to be in charge of my emotions for the next few minutes. Okay? You've got to yield your image to God's image. And when you shout praise to God, you literally, literally release your emotions unto the Lord. Slap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, don't worry about it. I'm going to be shouting hallelujah with you. We're going to practice, okay? We're going to do a practice run. On the count of three, I want everybody to throw your hands up and throw your head back and shout hallelujah on the count of three. Are you ready? Let's practice. One, two, three. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Hear me. You feel it. Everything just wants to break loose when you do that. You must decide, are you going to give up control? That's it. And that helps you do it. When you shout hallelujah with all of your might, those are going to be the last words out of your mouth that you understand. God's going to take over your tongue. It's going to be like baby talk has just entered your mouth. Your tongue is going to start trembling. It's going to stutter. You're not going to pronounce your words normally. You're going to feel this desire to blurt out absolute gibberish. It's nothing you know. And you decide, am I going to let God do this to me? Does that make sense? I want you to release yourself to speak whatever God puts in your mouth. He will begin to pray through you in his language. He will begin to praise through you in his language. And you must let that happen. That's the, that's the epitome of yielding to God. One more time, slap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, don't worry about it. I'm going to be speaking in tongues with you. I'm going to say a prayer. At the end of the prayer, I'm going to shout hallelujah. When I shout hallelujah, that is your cue to shout hallelujah. And altar workers, when I shout hallelujah, you shout hallelujah, start speaking in tongues. Lay your hands on as many people as you can. When somebody begins to speak in tongues, lift up a thumb. The reason why we do a thumb is because everybody's doing this right here, right? <laughs> lift up a thumb because we're going to count how many people are receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Are you ready? Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Let's get our minds on Jesus. I want you to picture Jesus right now. Just get your mind on him. He's, he's reaching down to you with a gift in his hand. Reach up for it. By the authority of the word of God. And by the power of the name Jesus. Every single one of you receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah!
Let your tongue go now. Receive it now. You've got to open your mouth and shout hallelujah. Let your tongue go. It's right there. Let your tongue go. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost right there. That's You got it. You've got it. There's one with the Holy Ghost right there. There's two, two with the Holy Ghost right there. It's happening. Don't stop. Don't stop. Speak it out. Speak it out. Come on, let your emotion go. Put it in the hands of God. Come on, trade your image for his image. Give your image to his image. In the name of Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost. That is the Holy Ghost. There's three with the Holy Ghost right there. Come on, it's happening. Just speak it. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost right there. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. That's four with the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, yes. There's five with the Holy Ghost. Come on, don't be afraid. Let him out. Let the Lord pray through you. Let the Lord speak through you. There's six with the Holy Ghost. Saints of God, I need your voice lifted right now. Saints of God, prayer warriors, let your voice out. Prayer warriors, let your voice out. Altar workers, let your voice out. Praisers, let your voice out. We've had about six receive the Holy Ghost so far, and we're just getting started. The Holy Ghost is falling. There's seven with the Holy Ghost. There's seven with the Holy Ghost. Don't stop. Don't stop. Iba, yepo, yala, la, 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 la